Welcome to Younger Older. This is Dave Wager with the leadership team of Relate365.com. And I'm here today in the studio with Nate Brash. If you've been following us, we've been following Nate's journey through cancer. How are you feeling today, Nate? I'm doing really good. Uh, still slowly getting over the cold, and uh, hopefully it'll be gone in another year. Now that's, there, that's the plan. Yeah, there, there are a lot of people that probably want to help you and give you advice. Mm-hmm. Is it all helpful? Some yes, most no. Yeah, and, uh, give me a, a cat. Why is some of it? Why is a lot of it not helpful? What What is the kit? You don't have to mention anyone in particular, but I'm just wondering. Like, I know people want to help, mm-hmm. right? So if I came to you and I wanted to help, uh, like somebody, my, my last program we were talking about my mother-in-law dying and somebody came to my wife and my wife was just tearing up and they said, oh, you'll get over it. And it was like, uh, you know, that's not helpful No, at that moment. Uh, it's okay. Those were good tears. And so the, you'll get over it isn't helpful at that moment. Uh, you must have had some good advice and bad advice. So what, what constitutes good or bad advice? It's a, identifying with kind of what's going on. You okay. know, as, uh, you know, if I got a cold, it's, you know, be respectful that I got a cold, I'll get over it. Right. Just like any other cold, just takes a little bit longer. Um, you know, some of the, you know, gastrointestinal stuff that I have going on right. is where the tumors are, the limits on some of the food that I can eat. And so, you know, offering, well, have you tried eating this? And can't eat it yeah they'll put me in the er and it's uh you know the things that you know i understand you know what's going on in my body a whole lot more than now do you mind if somebody else eats something that you can't eat in your presence oh don't bother me i'm I'm just wondering because i would think if i knew what you could or could not eat i think i would respect that and eat what you could or could not eat in front of you Uh, for the most part it's uh pretty much have it narrowed down to what was really giving me problems um uh stuff like you know potato skins uh apples or raw apples right uh i do miss eating raw apples and cheese that tastes really good but i'm willing to get you know i've never had raw apples and cheese i have to try Uh, that uh, a good sharp cheddar and uh, okay you just uh, put it on the apple slice yeah is that what you do really good wow um but yeah that that i do miss eating but if somebody ate in front of me it's a, I know mentally if I ate that, I would be in the ER later on yeah. and I don't want to do that. You know, I would just encourage people if, if you're with somebody who is going through chemo or has other disability that, that they really have to be careful what they eat. Um, I'm thinking as one who doesn't have that necessarily, or I do, I'm not supposed to eat potatoes. So, um, I don't mind if somebody else eats them actually though. So it's no big deal. So I understand. But I also think there's some sensitivity there. If you mm-hmm. know somebody has a certain diet, just eat like them for a while. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could do that. And because I think it, it does it get ever tiring of it always being pointed to you like, oh, can you do this? Can you do that? Can you eat it, this? At, at first it was uh, until I kind of figured out what was going on. You know, it's when I was first kind of diagnosed and trying to figure out, okay, what can I eat? You know, I went with a very bland diet and it was. Trying to figure out, okay, yeah. what what can I eat? What can I eat? A Swedish and, diet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so it was it was very taxing. But, you know, because people are like, well, can you eat this? Can you eat this? I don't know. Yeah. And I would just slowly introduce stuff in and see if it worked. And, you know, I come to find out there's, I can eat pretty much anything. 
um, with the exception of just a handful of things. Okay. Well, I know that um, years ago I had some heart issues and some blood clotting issues, and I, you know, part of the diagnosis of the cardiac team was to make sure I ate a certain way. And they actually gave me, I think, I can't even remember now. That shows you how much I pay attention now. But I think there were 11 foods or something or seven foods they didn't want me to eat. I bet and you bacon was one of those. No, it wasn't actually. Oh. Well, red meat was, <laughs> it was on there, but pretty low. Actually, I mean, it wasn't like major. The number one thing, and this is not for everyone listening. This is specific to my condition. Okay, so don't start changing your diet on what I'm saying. <laughs> But potatoes was number one mm-hmm. uh, for me to stay away from. It's a starchy, sugary f- Yeah, some food. Of, there's yeah. some correlation between what I have and, and how spiking your blood sugar and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. They, they did not say that all potatoes are unhealthy, and they didn't say – they just – for me, not to eat potatoes. And so what's interesting is after I had that, uh, some people knew that, you know, the doctors gave me a very specific diet. No matter where I went, it seemed people were saying – uh, okay, now, before you come, uh, give me a list of those things you can't. I'm thinking, just eat. Mm-hmm. You yeah. can you can just eat. I'll be fine. I, um, I find the same thing. I, I don't want you to make a big deal about what my eating habits are. And, and when I'm eating with you, please don't make a big deal about what I pass by and what I don't touch. Please don't do that. I don't want the attention that way. And mm-hmm. do you feel the same way? Yeah. It's like... It's a... I, you know, when we get together for a family function, it's now family's kind of got it figured out. You right. Know, it's a, I scrounge around for food. I'll find something to eat. Yeah. It's a, I, I know when I'm hungry, I'll eat food. Yeah. <laughs> and I do know my wife is very sensitive to those kinds of things. So if, if she had you over to eat or something, she would probably say, what is it that you, you know, I need to stay mm-hmm. away from? I think that's a, that's okay. Yep. Because then what they're doing is just being sensitive to you. And they're also trying to make it so everybody eats the same. Mm-hmm. Because that brings less attention. We One of the very critical things is to try and be as normal as possible and to always be somebody that's sing, singled out for something. Um, when I was a kid, I was in a wheelchair uh, for a while. And I, I, I find it amusing that people say, you know, you just need to have everything the same for everyone. Look, if you're in a wheelchair, it's not going to be the same. No. You, you can't make things the same and you can't do things the same. I understand that you'd like to try your best to do that, but you can't do it. So sometimes you just have to acknowledge what the problem is and adapt the best you can. There are other times, though, where you can make it so that everybody can be a normal part of it. And if you're hosting somebody that has cancer, uh, I wouldn't preach to them, but maybe their wife or their friend. or you know, what, what can you bake or eat that everybody can have so that you just fit in while you're there. I think that's a courteous thing, mm-hmm. uh, if nothing else. Um, and realize that if Nate is like me, and I think he is, it, it doesn't matter if I'm over, you can eat your potatoes. I, I just probably yeah. won't eat them. And, but please don't point it out mm-hmm. that yeah. I didn't eat them. I'll, I'll be fine. I don't need yeah, I to. I love the potatoes. Can't have the skin. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny for me, it's a little different than you at mm-hmm. this point. Um, if I had a potato, it wouldn't kill me. There wouldn't be any problem with it. It's long-term stuff. And mm-hmm. so if I'm over, I have a rule. I don't cheat when I'm at my house. I don't cheat on my diet. But if, if I were at your house and you served me potatoes, I would eat them. Just because of the fact that I'm being courteous. It doesn't kill me. One time isn't going to hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, and I haven't cheated in another place. So it's kind of that rule that I, uh, that I live by. There's been some foods that I... 
that could be a questionable food that I'll eat because the problem that I have is the, the one of the tumors it, it's causing a partial blockage yeah. in my digestive system. So it's, it's harder to digest. I see. And I can eat some of those foods, but I just have to know, okay, my next meal, I just have to eat something that's going to digest a whole lot easier because I know the warning signs of, okay, if I start to get blocked up. And, you know, it's one of those things where once you kind of start down that road, you have no idea if it's a full-fledged blockage where they got to go in there and start cutting stuff out or not. Yeah. And it's one of those things I don't want to Now, Now, <laughs> is dairy one of the hard things? No. Uh, dairy I have no problem with. Really? I, uh, uh, yogurt. I eat a lot of yogurt. Um, okay. Which is good, you know, when you're on sure. chemo. That's, you know, a lot of calories, a lot of fat. Yeah. Um, I love ice cream. Uh However, the, you know, some of the side effects from chemo is I'm sensitive to cold things. Oh. So it's, I have to wait a few days after chemo. Eat it warm. Uh, <laughs> and it's not ice Drink cream. It. <laughs> Drink it at that point. Just get half and half and down it. <laughs> but yeah, no, dairy is, dairy works great, which is okay. wonderful. It, you know, going through the process of figuring out what was wrong with me. Um, you know, I thought, oh, is this a dairy issue? Right. And, Coming from Wisconsin, you know, being a good, you know, Wisconsin boy, I love cheese, I love dairy. And, yeah. You know, fortunately it wasn't because, you know, I, I love my chocolate milk, I love milk, ice cream, you name it, I love dairy. Yeah. So if I'm hearing this right here, what I'm thinking I'm hearing is that uh, if you're going to have someone over to your house that is struggling with, on chemotherapy or, or long-term disability, uh, you can be sensitive ahead of time by maybe asking things that they would like to avoid and mm-hmm. and cooking it for you know, then everybody that's there. But if they do pass something up, if they just pass it up, don't make a big yeah, deal about big it. Deal. Just let it go. They'll be fine. And in uh, some cases, you know, it's a, the, your palate changes. Right. And, you know, some, you know, just ask my wife, if I, I find something that I like, I'll buy a lot of it. Yeah. And then I'll wear off and then we got some extra in the, the cupboard. But yep. you find something that tastes good and you go with it. Yeah, and, and sometimes it changes. And don't question them too much. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, it really, you could say, oh, is that, well, it could be something like this. Oh, you can't eat that. Well, it could be that you don't like it. Mm-hmm. And either way, don't question them. If they yeah. pass it, just let it go yeah, like at this the, point. One of the strangest things is uh, chicken. Yeah. For me, um, I, you know, a lot of the chicken stuff that camp would serve, I generally liked. The, my palate has changed to where it's, it, it just does not taste right. Yeah. And it's not like it's, it's not being prepared any different. It's just, I think medications change. can do that though. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think that they can. And obviously, people don't need to be insulted if you're over and you can't eat something. That's just the way life is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know when we travel, you know, we usually travel, you know, I can eat bananas and some other things. And we usually travel with what I can eat with. Mm-hmm. Well, I, that's another weird thing the texture of bananas. I yep. love I love bananas, but you know, I uh, I haven't tried one for a while. But you know, I took a bite of it. Nope. Yep. <laughs> Not working. You know, it's weird the texture thing because when you think about it, I I love I really like every food. I don't think there's well there's one food I didn't like in life, and that was uh, um, seal jerky. <laughs> a friend of mine brought me back some from Alaska some seal jerky, and I did not like it. So. Apart from seal jerky, I have not ever tasted a food I don't like. I mean, anything that I put in my mouth. So I, I have concluded that I have very bad taste buds. <laughs> uh, because it, now I don't like necessarily hot foods, like um, spicy, you know, spicy foods. Yep. 
It doesn't that I don't like it. I just don't like my eyes watering and my nose watering and stuff. So, you know, but it, it, I would eat it. It's just not my favorite. Uh, but seal jerky is completely out. I will never order that on a menu. And <laughs> I, I would suggest it. Nobody, it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, but, but it's interesting that the texture of, like, celery, I do not like. Hmm. You cook it, I love it. But if it's raw... It's like I'll pass that up every time. I, it's I, those strings or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I just so the, it to me it's more of texture stuff. It isn't even taste because it seems like my taste buds are dead anyway. So um, I don't I don't know what that. I think all of that's kind of weird. <laughs> Speaking of confusing things, though, do you understand our nation's? You're in the middle of a, of healthcare extraordinaire. Oh yeah. Now, do you understand our nation's healthcare system <laughs> at all? <laughs> I guess not. Do you understand it? No, I don't. <laughs> We we read an article and I was wondering this. They came out with a new medicine for something, and it's over two million dollars. Yeah. What what do you think when you read that? Uh, that's insane. Yeah. And yeah, you know, off air we were talking about that, and it's a it's to treat a rare illness in uh, children, and it's yeah two million dollars is can't what? even fathom how much that is. It's now I understand. I guess I to no, I don't understand. I don't understand anything. I was going to say I understand why medicines can be expensive because of all the trial and error and all the development. At the same point, it seems like somebody that needs it the most, you kind of hang them out to dry the most. Yeah. You know, it's like if you really need this, it's going to be expensive. Mm-hmm. It's a. Yeah, I just pulled it up here. You know, spinal muscular atrophy is what the medication was designed to treat and I think somewhere there it strikes 400 babies a year in the United States so it's a it treats babies. pretty rare yeah so they're not gonna I mean if they have 400 doses and it cures them I guess they're saying all we have is 400 doses my question is why do you make medicine then that is two million dollars that you're gonna go to a parent and say if you had two million plus dollars we could cure your child and lay that guilt trip on them because who, who has $2.1 million laying around that they could throw on medicine right away? Mm-hmm. And, and really, you know, whether it be insurance companies or whatever else, that's still two, two point yeah. whatever million for that. I, I don't understand that system. And I think that if we're making medicine, we need to make it affordable or it's kind of a waste of mm-hmm. medicine uh, regardless because I cannot picture turning away somebody who could be helped if you had medicine that could help them. Mm-hmm. Well, especially a, a baby. Yeah. I hope I don't sound socialist. I'm not, I, I'm totally against socialism. Mm, but Me too. I, I'm thinking, yeah. how can you develop something that's, now I speak though, and you speak from experience on medicine. I'll give you a true story. I went to, uh, I, I'm a, I'm nar- I have narcolepsy as we've talked about before. And the narcolepsy medicine from one pharmacy at one point was uh, $1,500 a month per dose and I needed two a day. So two different, two different prescriptions. And so, uh, it was, you know, $3,000 a month and my deductible was only so much. And, and so I ended up spending 3000 a month for quite a while. And then I actually went to one pill a day because of the cost. I mean, that was it. I just decided I'm going to try and get by a one and I have been able to do that. And I still am doing that because of the cost. Um, and so then what happened was that I went and uh, 
I one day I got frustrated. I started researching online, and I thought it's got to be cheaper somewhere. And I went and I found out there was a, a store. I think it was a Safeway in Colorado that would uh, it, it was they were actually advertising the same thing for twenty six dollars. <laughs> and I thought, are you kidding me? You can't even wrap your brain around that. I it's can't. A... <laughs> and I w- I was going to go get it. I you know, my wife and I talked about. It. I said, well. You know, if my doctor will give me a three-month prescription, and you had to have three-month prescription to get it for twenty-six, this particular medication they will not mail. They, mm-hmm. no, no, you you have to. It's a controlled substance or whatever that classify, whatever however they classify it. Mm-hmm. And so you'd have to go get it in person. So I thought, okay, every three months I'll get on a plane and go to Colorado because it's cheaper. Yeah, well, not just a little. <laughs> I mean, three months worth. Yeah. Well, then then I continued to uh, look and found that. On the internet, they listed these. Um, they call them warehouse stores that they could get that have pharmacies like mm-hmm. it, it, Costco. Yeah, yep. but they wouldn't list their names: Costco, Sam's, whatever the warehouse stores are, and they wouldn't give you the price for the medications because they didn't consider them pharmacies. So I'm trying to figure out what constitutes a pharmacy now. <laughs> so totally confused at this point. I can go to Colorado and get this pill. I can go and ask at Costco or Sam's. Um, and so I'm thinking, okay, so I went over to Costco, which is an hour and a half from my house and I got it for $26. I thought, okay, this is absolutely crazy. The pharmacy that's in my town that I've been going to all along for years is, you know, at that time I'll, I'll give it to them. They went down to $1,200 today. They're down to about $700 for each of the prescriptions. So it'd be about 1400. And here's what happened. Now, you know the small pharmacy that's by the hospital in our town. Yep. Um, so I thought, you know, for the fun of it, I'm going to go ask them what it cost there. $26. At this this smaller mm-hmm. pharmacy. Mom and pop pharmacy. Yeah, and I'm going, are you kidding me? Uh, you would think the, the big chain would be the cheapest place. Yes, to and it was the big chain that was so mm-hmm. expensive. And I... I wrote to the big chain and told them about it, and they just basically said, no, they can't be selling you. To, forget it. It's been now a year and a half, and I've been getting it for 26. And still, the two big chain ones in our town, one is still 1200 and the other is 785 And I cannot, for the life of me, figure out what's going on when it comes to drug prices. Now, I don't know if you've experienced any of that with your chemo or anything, but what does it cost a month for chemo? Uh, it's a... Uh... Roughly, it's about uh, with administration all. It's about five thousand dollars a month. Okay. Uh, so it's uh, about twenty five hundred dollars each treatment. Okay. Um, it's uh, unfortunately I was hoping to find the little statement that I got so I can get the actual number, but you know it's uh, that's just the the chemo part. You know the the pain medication that I'm on and all. Fortunately, my insurance is very good. Um, I'm saving up for uh, my deductible for next year. Yeah. Anything that I have healthcare happened to me now it's 100 percent covered right my meds are fully covered but you know if i wasn't covered you know my pain meds alone uh would be i think it's about 500 dollars a month is what pain meds were would be yeah. anti-nausea uh which i go through a lot of that through chemo that would be another 300 dollars a month it's wow. you know medications are not cheap but they all serve a purpose to make me feel better yeah. You know, I, I have a plan. I have a, I don't know that the people in Washington are listening to our program, 
<laughs> they should. It, yeah, well, they could learn a lot. It, just that alone would spin ahead of somebody who's got any business sense at all on mm-hmm. why we're talking about these prices that are crazy. Uh, but I had a plan, and when we were trying to figure out what to do with healthcare, I thought, you know what? Let's just be responsible. Let's be responsible people. Mm-hmm. And here's here's the plan. If you do something in life that causes you to be sick, in other words, you intentionally do something. And I'm thinking, let's say you're intentionally, um, like, uh, it, there's, a, there's a level medically where somebody, somebody's obese, mm-hmm. correct? Yep. So let's say you're 100% over obese or something. Yeah. So to make sure that, and if you're that obese, then probably you're going to have some health problems. Mm-hmm. And probably you're that way because of, of lack of discipline or something. Poor diet uh, uh, there's there's a tremendous I did some research on it years a couple of years ago and there is a tremendous correlation between smoking and health problems mm-hmm. absolutely and there's a tremendous correlation between alcohol and yep. and so I'm thinking okay here's what I would do if I were president and I could and I had all the power to, to change things I would say very simply what we're going to do is we're going to have insurance and we're going to have insurance to help those who basically uh, fall into a category like yourself or narcolepsy like me, people who haven't done anything to try and get this way. But if you've done it on purpose, because if you look and you look at how much money this country spends on those who abuse alcohol and who smoke and who are obese, just those three things, you look at how much of the sickening. Yeah. We, we, you know, if you want to make life choices, if you want to smoke, that's your right to do that. And I'm an American who believes that you have the right to smoke. And I would never want to take that right away from you. I personally don't think it's a good choice. Mm -hmm. But I wouldn't take it away from you, the right to do that. However, I also think you need to be responsible. So if you choose to smoke, and smoking causes the medical bills to go out of sight in this country, then you need to pay for it on your own. Mm -hmm. That's what I would say. Now, I don't think I'm going to win... Uh, most popular person um, <laughs> in the world, because I can see how this can be twisted and where mm-hmm. people would say, oh, this is a nightmare. You're going to have to decide, it, did he cause this? Did he not cause, even in your cancer, I mean, did you cause it by eating too much pork, you know, or whatever? It's like, it's really, I, it, I, it, to me, it's a simplistic overview. It isn't, mm-hmm. I don't have the details to it all, but I'm trying to make a point. We don't live as people who are responsible yeah. in this nation. So if you're responsible, I think you should be rewarded. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think in any area, abortion, for example, if two people are going to engage in a sexual act and a baby's created, now act responsible, would you? Mm-hmm. That's what I think. The abortion issue is over. You need to be responsible. Don't be running around having sex with people you're not married to. And, and when you get married, you know, if, you, if your wife becomes pregnant or your lady you become pregnant, you know, take care of that baby. Yeah. That, that's the responsible thing to do. So I would start a campaign campaign of responsibility. That's what I would do. And say, you know, anyone who's going to be responsible will help. Mm-hmm. So you get to somebody, um, you look at someone like my father-in-law who has Parkinson's. You say, we as a culture, we'll, we'll make sure that he's taken care of. Why? This is not something, and you know, this isn't something that he planned. This isn't something that mm-hmm. came to him because he decided to eat uh, white bread, you know, or or something that we know of. It's something that just happens to people. And, uh, and I would also encourage, if I were president of the United States, or, or dictator of the United States, <laughs> or whatever it is, 
I would encourage um, churches to take a, the role that they should yeah. in both adoption and caring for those who are elderly. I, I would, mm-hmm. and, and for widows and, and or, I mean, just, I would, I would encourage churches to um, go ahead and take the burden if you want to call it, because especially evangelical churches, it's a mandate for us in the scriptures mm-hmm. to take care of those that are in need. And because the government does it, and because we get pushed to the side, we don't get to do that. Well, and, kind of relating with you know what my family's going through. It's been very cool seeing the church step up and help us out yep. in you know meals, laundry, and all that stuff. It's you know it doesn't have to be big financial stuff. It's there's little things that right. people can do. And that's what, you know, body of believers do. And you know what's interesting, Nate? When you got sick, that was the immediate dialogue with people. Mm-hmm. What do we need to do to help them? It wasn't, I hope the government takes care of them now. That's not what really happened. It was, the government's not going to cut your wood and no. split it. The government's not going to come over and do your laundry. The government, it, real people are going to do that. Mm-hmm. And we as a church, as the body of Christ, we need to step up. Um, you know, I encourage people, you know, I know that um, in life you don't want to be sing- singled out by people and pointed at. And that kind of, I mean, that's not comfortable for anybody. But how how does somebody help a family like yours and do it in a way that's actually helpful? I mean, you talked about food. or How do you even contact somebody and say, can I, what, bring you a meal? I mean, how do you be sensitive to what they even want to eat? Or uh, For us, you know, it, your wife helped out tremendously. She was kind of a, a point person for us. Um, it's, you know, my wife, you know, we would have a need. My wife would communicate that to, you know, to your wife. And, yeah, that, that helped out tremendously because um, each, you know, each person varies on what their needs are, you know, where they're at, you know, what their physical limitations are. So it's, uh, it's hard to pinpoint, you know, how best to help other than, you know, just be sensitive to, you know, what their needs are at that time. Is it helpful to have a point person, one person to talk to, so you don't have to talk mm-hmm. to 12? Yeah. It's a, it's it's easier for somebody else to say no than, like, for instance, my wife. It's very hard for her to say no to somebody. Plus, Just, you have to keep reliving things over and over and over mm-hmm. and over again sometimes. Yep. Like if somebody brand new comes in and says, can I bring you a meal? And, and they go, well, what do your kids like or not like? Now, now you've got to relive that again, and you, you can do that 100 times. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, if somebody would go through a point person. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a wedding <clears throat> coordinator and planner. Yeah. It's you, you, know, you pawn that off on somebody. And, it's, and some people are very gifted at organizing, right. and it's, it's a talent that they can use. Yeah. So I encourage the church out there, when somebody in your congregation, somebody in your body of Christ, they – come up with a terminal disease in a way or, or a, a tough stretch in life, maybe there's somebody in your church that you could assign as the coordinator mm-hmm. and allow people to go through that person. And, uh, and you should know the ones that are gifted at that kind of thing, mm-hmm. that you know how to help somebody but stay out of the way and know how to keep life for that family as normal as possible mm-hmm. uh, in the process and, and really work at not being demeaning. Because yeah. that's, that's the whole goal is you – normalcy yeah. especially when you have kids and it's you want some sense of normal because yeah. your whole normal has just been turned upside down yeah and boy i tell you i've been with some people where while they're trying to help somebody who's struggling in the process they're saying things that are very demeaning and tough mm-hmm. you know to deal with and it's those kinds of things you want to avoid and there's others that are just really gifted at helping mm-hmm. and we need to let them loose and let them help yeah 
and let them organize to help. And uh, uh, guys in your position are going through enough stress. We don't need to pile it on at that point. And I think uh, use the body of Christ and the people uh, will will be able to help you. Uh, this has been Dave with Nate. Again, you're listening to Younger Older, a ministry of Relate365.com.